Welcome in everybody, NerdCons. We're back. Uh, we've been taking a few weeks off here and there. It's just, it's that time of year. We're very inconsistent right now. A lot of tired, go- a lot of tired people going on right here. But it's summertime and, well, we're recording this Memorial Day weekend. So get get ready for a lot of laziness. There's only two of us tonight. It's just me, your host, Russell, as always. I think I'm the only one that's made it on every single episode of this podcast. And with Damn. with me, with me is the OG, the original co-host, Carl. Say hi. Hi everyone. I, I've missed you. Did you miss me? <laughs> I I know I've missed Russ. So what's going on, hey. Russ? Ah, well, Damien's not joining us tonight. He's uh Indisposed at the moment We are recording And he he can't make it tonight So we're going to go as a duo Since we haven't put anything out in a while And Here we go So what did you say? I'm sorry So <laughs> how, how you been? What's up? What's going on? Uh, I feel like it's been um, Too long Like way too long it's been, It feels like it's been a while But it really hasn't But yeah, I'm no. Just, I just really tired a lot. Um, if you get for those of you who don't know, we we tried to pick up one episode, and Damien's just like, "You guys sound exhausted." I'm like, "We are, <laughs> both of us." He's like, "Yeah, let's not record tonight because that that might not be good." So, um, um, yeah, m- last few weeks, I've I've got all four. Of the second wave of the PCS turtle statues. Ah, Rocksteady, Bebop, Shredder, and Krang. Congratulations. Congratulations. They're they're five times better than those NECA turtles. Um, (laughs) Maybe ten times better. Um, And now I'm just waiting for those to uh, be... Next wave to be announced, which I think will be April Casey, Splinter, and Baxter. April Casey and Splinter are definitely must buys. Baxter's maybe up in the air. I don't know, but we'll see. Um, it depends on if he has any mousers with him. If he has some mousers with him on his statue, then it's probably a buy. Mm, okay. Okay. So, and then I'll be done with Ninja Turtle collecting. Unless PCS decides to do some movie turtles, huh. which I wouldn't be opposed to, as fantastic as these cartoon turtles look. Um, got two shipping notices of things I was not expecting to get, so we'll talk about those next week because I'll have them in hand next week. Okay. Okay. I. I. It's a. That's that's a little tease, a little tease. Um, well, you are a tease, so I am. I do what I can. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, been watch watching. What have I watched? I forget. I we uh, watched. I'm halfway through Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix. Mm-hmm. How is it? I like it. I like it. I'm enjoying it. Um, we're getting into the side story characters and all that. Um, I've heard uh, another podcast that 
you both know uh, very much one of their hosts, a couple of their hosts seems very lukewarm on it. Well, <laughs> I, they don't like thinking. Uh, they don't they don't you know uh i mean something they do there's a lot of flashbacks because the main character is played by josh dumel Mm -hmm. and matt lanter and a couple other people their um their story starts in 19 in the 1920s Mm -hmm. uh, around the stock market crash in 1929 so when when they flash back, it's in a different aspect ratio than present time. Oh, interesting. So when when you're in present time, you have like the like the theatrical scope bars at the top. Ah, uh, like the widescreen. Yeah, like the super widescreen. Okay. It's called it's if you're in a movie theater and you're sitting there, and all of a sudden the curtains start opening. That movie is going to be in what's called a scope aspect ratio. Hmm. Um, if you're not in a, if if you're in a movie theater and they don't open, it's called a flat aspect ratio. Now both are wider than a regular TV, but at the same time, they're different ratios depending on filmmakers. A lot of comedies are filmed in the flat ratio. Hmm. Whereas a lot and in, in, in romantic comedies and 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 movies like that. Whereas the big action movies are filmed in the scope ratio. Hmm. Yeah. And the Which, more you know, the more. And it, it also know. makes it also makes a lot of the a lot of the action movies are start in the big budget movies are going to the IMAX ratio, which scope is a little closer to the IMAX ratio than than flat. But it switches back. The, the Jupiter's legacy switches back and forth depending on which time you're in. Interesting. And so so that's something visually that they they do to change the cues on you. Very creative. I, I've been enjoying it, but I mean I can see where it's not somebody's cup of tea because there's not a lot of there there's there's action, but it's not constant. Uh, um, uh, uh, there's a lot of world building and storytelling going on. Um which, Which I mean, simple, it's a show. for simple minds, for simple-minded people, it's not you know, they're not going to understand that. They want they want the Marvel movie where it's you know an action sequence upon action sequence, and then a little story building, and then more action. Okay. And no offense to Marvel, but they do that very well, and they do it very entertaining. But sometimes that leads to criticism of Marvel movies that they're just formulaic and there's not a lot of story going on when in actuality there is. But this is this is a lot slower. Mm. Uh, they're, they're doing they, they do a slow burn on it. I'm not I'm not a big fan of Mark Millar and his writing, although his his comic book writing is very cinematic. Mm, so mm-hmm. his, his stuff will translate well. Um. I couldn't imagine reading this book because when I saw the the name Frank Quietly as one of the creators, I was like, oh, I would not be able to read that book. <laughs> no shit. Because <laughs> I can't deal with his art. Mm, his never... art is... What his else has he drawn? Uh, he's done some X-Men. Um, it's just, it's, it's just very, I don't, 
I don't I don't really know. Everybody looks the same. It's 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 not I don't know. He did he did I think he did the Punisher when Garth Enos was on it. It's like I mean, I don't know if you can Google while you're looking, but you can probably Google his art right now. But no, uh, I well, did he draw the Punisher Max? I don't know. I know he did the authority, I believe, with when that was around. Um, it sounds vaguely familiar. I'm not sure though. Let me see. This is great podcasting we've got here. Um I'm looking for a good one that really shows how off-putting his art could be. Off-putting. Well, this is his Wonder Woman, so. Oh, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, his art's very, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not my bag. No, it's not my bag either. Um, it's just hard to read a comic, read through a comic with that kind of artwork. Like, look at this yeah. Jaws, man. It's like, dude, is that Jay Leno? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. His artwork is, yeah, not for everyone. I think you have to, it's either you're a fan or you're not. I think it's okay, but I honestly don't know why he doesn't draw draw horror comics because I think his art would look better as horror. I mean, he's a much better artist than I'll ever be, but at, at the same time, it's like, I just have a hard time with his art. You know, it's not like something... Like, look at his X-Men. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It's weird looking. Everybody... all They all have the strong jaws and the, the supple lips... I don't know another way to describe that, but yeah, I can't imagine reading this book, so I probably won't ever read it. Um, so yeah, I recommend it. Watch it for yourself. Don't listen to a podcast. You know what it is? It's like weird art. It almost like a weird MTV animation kind of art. Like, yeah, Eon Flux. It reminds me a lot of Eon Flux. Yeah, yeah. From liquid television. Yeah, um, no, not a fan of it. Yeah, I never really enjoyed his him. art. But, yeah, whatever. But good for him that he can make a living off of it. Yeah, I mean... Um, so, yeah, I've been watching that. I'm I'm enjoying it. I, I, I do like Josh Dumel. Um, and it's nice to see... The voice of Anakin Skywalker getting some some live action role. I'm I'm looking at the guy. I'm looking at him in Matt Lanter, who mm-hmm. does the voice of Anakin in the uh, Clone Wars, mm-hmm. and I'm like looking at his age, and I'm like, how how did Hayden Christensen get this part over him? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if he, he just didn't go out for the role. He wasn't into acting at that time. I don't know. But mm. I was like, wow, what kind of like parallel 
not that Hayden Christensen's a bad actor, but it's like you hear the voice of Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars, and then you hear Hayden Christensen, and you're like, e-. Matt Lanter has a fuller voice than Hayden does. Yeah. You know, Hayden's more of a whisper, but, you know, it is what it is. Sure. But it's it's good to see him getting some roles. Um, and it's done, it's, it's done, the, the TV part is done by the people that did uh, Daredevil on Netflix. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. I recommend it. Go watch it. I might give it a shot now. Um, I've caught up with the Bad Batch. Oh, I have not watched the latest episode. I totally forgot. Yeah, I'm good with. I mean, it's. I mean, it's a it's a it's a 20 minute cartoon. What are you gonna do? Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna overanalyze it. It's 16 episodes. There's a lot of filler. Still good. Still quality entertainment. Yeah. Um, but I've enjoyed it thus far. Yeah, I just haven't seen the latest episode that came out Friday yet. No, uh, it was Rhea Perlman's in it, and that was interesting. Oh. So, but yeah, that's been my week. Nice or two, however long. Yeah. What about you, Carl? Uh, nothing very exciting. I finally got a first weekend off in a month. <sighs> As you can see, I'm still tired. Um, I've been trying to take little little comas. I won't call them naps. I call them little comas. <laughs> Haven't got had a chance yet to uh, do any photography, but I uh, to go out just uh, looking at. Sh- Stuff that I can't and shouldn't buy, and I stumbled upon just something I, you know, relaxing little project to do. I, um, and I'm sure this will not make for great podcasting, but I picked up it, the Flame Toys G1 oh. Optimus Prime model kit because I like to build Gundams. And uh, you probably can't really tell in this light. And if I do this, it's going to make it super harsh to see. So you won't see, can't any see anything. So you won't be able to see any details anyway. But I weathered them up a little bit, put some nicks and scratches and dirt and stuff. And um, he's a really fun, um, really fun uh, model kit. And he poses amazingly. You can get him some really awesome dynamic poses. Um, it comes with tons of hands. Where did I put the hands? There's like tons of different hands. You know, obviously the fist hand and yeah. the wide open hand and the Optimus Prime point like uh, you know, Autobots roll out, like kind of like pointing them in that direction. Or, you know, some slightly dropped hand. Um, Kind of grippy hand, and then he comes with that kind of you know mock lightsaber axe kind of yeah. energy weapon that you can pop out. Um, 
out, out, and swap out for his hand. His hand. <clears throat> it was just really cool. It's a fun little build. Um, looks great. It's not as uh, I I like it because I like the G one. It's got a it's a little stylized, but it's not um as ridiculously stylized as the Flame Toys IDW version. Yeah. So he's got more of a classic look to him and stuff. And um, yeah, he's awesome. Uh, highly recommended, especially if you know you want to take your time and build something. And you know, listeners, and you want a cool, poseable Optimus Prime. And he's about uh. Well, he's taller than like your average 112 scale figure. He's like eight inches, maybe eight and a half inches tall. But he's cool when he poses, and I, I really want to take photos of him just because he's dope. Oh, uh, what else? Um, I didn't really get anything else. Um, yeah, I talked about those last week where I finally got my pre order from a year ago. But... Yeah. So now I have one Cobra Trooper. Talked about that. What else? There's nothing nothing else very too exciting, man. Uh didn't really I'm not really buying anything right at the moment. Um Yeah, the the, the Optimus Prime model kit was a splurge. Just a little a little splurge just to, you know, put something together because it's fun. Um But that's about it. Uh, watching, uh, I finally decided to watch uh, Silicon Valley. Like I, I watched the first couple episodes when it first came out, and I really liked it. But, but um, um, then I didn't have HBO anymore. So me and my girlfriend have been um, binging Silicon Valley, and it's it's such a funny show. Um, and also. Uh, We decided to, on someone's recommendation, watch uh, Mayor of Easttown. Uh, is that what's in? The, is that HBO? Yeah, HBO. Kate Winslet, and they're from a. Um, did you get HBO Max? No, I did not. I have HBO through um, Amazon Prime. Ah. Uh, so you have HBO Max. <laughs> I, I guess so. Um, no, I don't have everything that HBO Max offers. Um, trust me, Titans <laughs> is not worth the, the 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 money you pay for HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, started watching that. Um, we watched it, and all, it just kind of hooked us when we watched it almost in a day. Except for they don't have the latest episode. Because it aired last night, so we're just waiting for that to drop. Um, but it's really good. Mayor is a ponytail wearing Pennsylvania detective, and everybody knows everybody. And there's a small town, you know, someone was murdered, and yeah, gotta solve that out. And there's twists and turns and creepiness, and oh my goshes, and another twist. Yeah, but it's actually really good. Um, the accent, because where this town is in real life isn't far from where my girlfriend went to college. And I don't, 
I guess from reading, it's supposed to be a Pennsylvania Dutch accent. Um, And I've been all over Pennsylvania, out past there and stuff. And I don't know anybody that talks like that. Like, don't, they're like, you knew. So so it turns into a Minnesota accent. It almost does look like a um, sound like I'm in. It sounds like Bobby's mom talking sometimes, and I'm just like, that doesn't sound. Don't like, you know? Don't you knew the dirter? You knew, like it's just yeah. like the, I think they go a little too hard on the accent because I've never heard anybody in Pennsylvania talk like that. And it's supposed to be a Pennsylvania Dutch accent, and I, I swear I don't know. I've never heard anyone in Pennsylvania yeah. talk like that. <laughs> um, but whatever. Okay. Um, but it's a good, it's a pretty good show. Not something to watch around the kids, though, but it's a pretty good show. Yeah, most shows we watch aren't good to watch around kids. So I was like, because I did that today, I was turning on the, um, I was turning on the, um, TV to watch, watch something. I was like, oh, wait, I can't watch anything around the kids that I want to (laughs) watch. They're in the house and they're up and about. Um. But I did watch the Nickelodeon docu- documentary on on Hulu. Oh yeah, how was that? I can't re- I can't remember what it's called. Something orange. Um, the orange years or something like that. And it was it was kind of weird because it, it they show like all the bumpers. They were showing the bumpers from old Nickelodeon from when I was a kid and stuff. And I was like, I remember this. I remember this. I remember Double Dare. I remember and all what, this. What was this documentary called again? Uh, it's on Hulu. It's it's a Nickelodeon documentary. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, it's about the early about how Nickelodeon built into what it is now. Um, oh, they show like what uh, you can't do that on television and stuff. Oh yeah. Oh man, I would love to see footage from that. <laughs> it was it was real. I'm, I was like, wow, that is crazy. I remember it being such I remember it having um better it being bigger, you know? Mm. Or or better quality, but it, it is, you know. Um Keen they got Keenan and Kel in, to interview for it and they talked about salute your shorts and and all that See, that's stuff. One- so that's when it like started getting to the '90s and it got re- bigger. I remember like the '80s, so I'm really interested like to see like what you can't do that on television and stuff looks like now. Double having Dare, not, not having seen it, and right, Double Dare, Double Dare lasted a long time though. Um, yeah, I'm just interested in seeing what everything looks like now because, like you said. Uh, you know, as a kid, you think it looks so big and professional, and you know, uh, I'd love to see what it actually looks like now. Well, it was it was funny because they were talking about it's like they didn't they couldn't get any like they had Pinwheel Playhouse. Remember that show with puppet? I remembered it from being a little kid. No, I I don't remember that one. <laughs> I can't remember the name of. I wish I could, and I can't find a Hulu to look it up. Um. But, you know, they talked about how it was like they couldn't get anybody to, to – they wanted to buy shows, but they couldn't get anybody to sell them their shows. 
because everybody thought broadcast was the way to go. Um, huh. It was it was in the early days of, of cable and stuff. So, you know, it was like they went to Canada and got you can't do that on television. And then it started oh. taking off. Is that why it was so weird now? Yeah, it was Canadian. Oh, is that why it was so weird? <laughs> so and, and and they would buy like like Banana Man and stuff like and Heathcliff. Oh, Banana Man, I remember and Banana Danger Man. Mouse. They they just went like See, I love everywhere else. They went to other countries to buy their stuff. And it, it, it started this way. And 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 then it was, you know, when they started getting into their original content, they were like, we don't want these to be toy commercials. We want to be creator driven. Mm. Um and and you know, the first three cartoons they greenlit on Nickelodeon after they, you know, double dare and all that. And they started getting into the scripted stuff with salute your shorts, Pete and Pete and, um, uh, Hey dude was, uh, Rugrats, Doug and Ren and Stimpy. I remember Doug. I love Doug. Yeah. And I remember Ren and Stimpy from middle school. Ren and Stimpy. Uh, I mean, I remember it, but it was always kind of, kind of creepy. Yeah. And they were talking about that. They're like, th- we, we wanted to push the envelope. And they had an MTV executive says, "Why are you stealing our cartoons? <laughs> that's our that's that should be that should be on our channel, not yours." Um, and then it just got into the all that and Keenan and Kel and all that, you know, the those years with, you know, Clarissa explains it all was one of the first um, female led shows where the 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 protagonist wasn't boy crazy. And, you know, like they talked about the secret world of Alex Mack and it was like they didn't want the original script called for Alex Mack to be a boy. But they're like, no, 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 this has to be a girl. And, you know, it was just very interesting to see how, you know, something like you can't do that on television still influences Nickelodeon to to this day. With the slime, yeah. I mean, that was the big one of the biggest things. Like yeah. I remember, was the slime, and, and so that that became a staple of Nickelodeon. And then it, they had the 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 logo, which originally started off as like a silver ball with a multicolored with multicolored letters in front of it, and like they had the London Symphony Orchestra do the jingle. And so they brought in the guys who did the MTV logo and they get, they said, okay, so here's the thing we're doing with your logo. The type font for Nickelodeon has to always be the same and it always has to be orange. It can be in any shape you want, but it has to be orange and the typeface has to be in white. Uh. And so, and, and then they started the new jingles like, and and one, I was sitting there and I'm watching it with my 12 year old, and they're doing the jingle, and I'm singing along to the jingle. I couldn't tell you what it was now, but if it came up, I'd be singing it right along with you, hmm. with it, because I remembered it. I remembered sitting in front of the TV after school in elementary school, watching Nickelodeon, and yeah. So you know, it was it brought back some memories, and it was like, okay, this is where I dropped off here. You know, Legends of the Hidden Temple, I didn't quite get into that. They started talking about the SNCC lineup 
are you afraid of the dark and all that stuff. Yeah, that's when I started getting out of it when they started doing like are you and then looking back at are you afraid of the dark, there was some stuff like when I was older, like I one day randomly put on Nickelodeon and like they had a um I mean this was high school and I hadn't watched Nickelodeon in like since middle school and I caught an episode Are You Afraid of the Dark and I'm like, Wow, this is actually really creepy. This is yeah. little, seems a little too intense for kids that you know, that would be normally watching Nickelodeon, but they said Snick was for those kids who weren't popular enough to go out on Friday night, Friday and Saturday nights, but but too cool to stay up to not to to go to bed early. <laughs> and, I was, and 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 it was it was it was true, and that's what Nickelodeon was. It was like okay, this is that, and then you know they didn't get into the Nick at Night stuff, um, mm. which I think I remember, but they did talk about Nick Junior. And how well, the Nick the Nick at Night stuff was definitely geared towards our parents you know what i mean or at least my dad well, loved they got, nick at night they they were smart with what they did with their programming because they did nick jr in the morning then they did nickelodeon during the day and then nick at night after the kids went to bed and it was like they were their their marketing ploy was to get the household watching nickelodeon from basically 7 a.m till 10 p.m Oh, yeah, I, my dad loved Nick at night. My mom used to get sick of it because, like, she always wanted to watch something new that was just coming out. But my dad would have you watching the Dick Van Dyke show and stuff like that. Yeah. My, my well, was like, and, I, now, <laughs> and now you turn on Nick at night, it's friends and and stuff like that. And we're like, I'm like, oh, we're the old people now. But no, it was a, it was a good documentary. I'll find I can't, I I'm so I'm so mad. I can't remember the name of it. But it's on Hulu. It's easy to find. It's it's a Nickelodeon documentary. Mr. Um, Wizard always used to be like the one of the last things that came on. Yeah, last thing in the day. Right. Well, you you try to talk your parents into watching dinner, eating dinner, and watching Double There because yeah. Double There was on at six o'clock. It was it was you know you knew Nickelodeon was closing out the day and getting ready to go into Nick at Night because Double Dare was on. Um. So yeah, I mean it was it was it was a fun trip down memory lane. Um, you know, what I've I've watched the toys that made us. I've watched the, you know, the 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 video game documentaries that they they've had. It's just nothing quite hit like like this one did today. Um, but I recommend it for anybody. Other oh. other than I mean that's I forgot I forgot to talk about that initially, but you know that was fun. I gotta check it out now. I'm interested in watching it and just like seeing what I remember from a my you know a kid. I mean, yeah. I remember Banana Man. I remember can't do that on television. Uh, Danger Mouse. Honestly, like I would love the <laughs> Danger Mouse action figure. I wish they'd make one. Well, um, I mean, they focused a lot. I mean, you see Danger Mouse. Like briefly, you see Heathcliff briefly. You know they they focus on on the start where it was the pinwheel playhouse. Mm. That was the start of Nickelodeon, mm. and then they go into um. You can't do that on television. How you can't do that on television really started the identity of Nickelodeon. And yeah, because they had the slime, and you said the wrong word, and you get slime. Yeah. And then it went into uh the Nicktoons that they started and Double Dare 
and then the move to Universal Studios, how probably it's a Nickelodeon's a big reason Universal Studios is still here today. Mm. It became what it became because, you know, Nickelodeon pitched it to Universal is like, you've got competition down the street that has a mouse that draws people to their to them. You don't have anything that's going to draw families here. You know, you've got these rides like Terminator. You've got rides like King Kong that really catered, you know, the older generation. Let us be your mouse. Let us bring the families here. And so they started live shooting their shows at Universal Studios Orlando. And, and, you know, a lot of the actors on the shows were talking about, oh, yeah, we would, like, between, you know, between shows, filming shows, we would go ride rides. You know, people at Universal knew our name and all that stuff. It was fun. It was really interesting and a good watch. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out now. No, I'm interested. <laughs> but um, something that caught my eye was a Collider article this week uh-huh. where J.J. Abrams just came out and flat out said what we all knew. And it's like, you knew this watching the movies, but you really, to hear somebody who's considered one of the best directors in Hollywood, somebody who's paid millions and millions of dollars to create, to come out and say, yeah, we didn't have a plan for Star Wars. It infuriates me. It just infuriated me. H- how do you feel, Carl, knowing that a director who makes millions of dollars did something like that and he's going to continue to work. And if you did that at your job, you'd be fired. Well, I mean, to his statement of saying, yeah, we didn't really have a plan for star Wars. I, uh, my only reaction is duh. (laughs) Like I don't fucking tell. I I just, Um, but I think, um, you shouldn't be, you did a bad job. You shouldn't be rewarded for it. I mean, I, I hate to see anybody lose their job, but I mean, he definitely um, should I just, be held in high esteem. I just go back to his history. You look at his history of, of filmmaking, and you start with Lost. Mm-hmm. Okay? And mm-hmm. at one point in time, it's like, oh, wow, you've created this really great stuff. And then you're like, oh, I don't have a plan. This. I have no idea where this is going. The thing about G.G. Abrams, and it's definitely his M.O., and why no one in Hollywood hasn't caught on yet, is he's great at starting something, lousy at finishing. Yes. And I just sit there, and I'm I'm like, we're, 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 we're giving this misinformation campaign for his second Star Trek movie. That's not con. That's not con. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Okay. Because we want the we want him being con to be this big reveal, and it's like, dude, you're you're not fooling anybody. Someone from his studio always leaks something anyway. Like they, oh, I, I think JJ does it on purpose. Like he always leaks something. Like something always gets leaked. 
Oh, I just, I, I'm, I'm just, it's just statements like Kathleen Kennedy goes out there and says, well, you know, you can be mad at these Star Wars movies, but it's not, we can't be Marvel. It's not like we don't have all these comics and books to draw from. Yeah, you do. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you do. And then you've got somebody like J.J. Abrams saying, I didn't have a plan. We probably should have had a plan. We didn't have a plan. And it's like, I, I don't know. I, I know it's very I, hard to replicate what Marvel has done. Yeah, it's hard to replicate what George Lucas originally did. You know, honestly, um, part of it, too, is I think Disney was in such a rush to make money, their money back on Star Wars from purchasing Star Wars that they didn't think of like, hey, maybe we should take our time with this. Well, I mean, and, and then detractors or defenders of this are like, well, George Lucas didn't have a plan with this sequel trilogy or the original trilogy. But I'm like, and I'm like, but at the same time, he's the creator. This is his stuff. But he did sort of have a plan. He did. Right. He, he wrote the outlines for everything. Now, did they 100% go exactly how those outlines were? No. I mean, things changed, but that's how you make a good story. You got to start somewhere. Like, so he knew where he went in the direction he wanted to go. It was just, you know, some of the details and maybe things some changed because he had better ideas. But, I mean, it's quite obvious that they had no, no idea where they wanted to go. And to me, it just feels like they were so in a hurry to make that billion, that the 20 billion back from buying it. that They didn't think about, you know, hey, if we make something really good, we're going to make more triple right. our money back like you know yeah and i i just I, you know i see i i just see and i mean jj abrams and ryan johnson nearly killed the star wars franchise i mean they knew uh, for lack of a better term they nearly killed it i don't think it was a hundred percent jj I said I think, JJ and Ryan Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I know. They gave some credit to where credit's due. I, I think it was maybe, I think it was maybe like 30, 70. Ryan Johnson's movie is what really, like, all right, JJ made an entertaining reintroduction to the universe. It was very much a new hope. We all kind of got that. Okay, dude, you, you re, did a reboot, uh, a new hope, but with the chick. But it was fun. And it was cool to see the practice again, practicals again because, I mean, I think that's one people some people's complaint about the prequels is like there was it was way too CGI, yeah, and not enough like practical effects, and it felt old like it felt like the originals. It felt like that universe again, right? Um, but <clears throat> I think Brian Johnson. Ryan Johnson movies, what really what put the nail in the because that that was the I saw a Force Awakens and I went, hmm, all right, that was entertaining. I like it. I don't hate it. I didn't think it was the best Star Wars movie. It was very much a New Hope. But but he but Ryan John what Ryan Johnson did okay from episode one to episode two. There's a ten year jump. Yeah. From episode four 
to episode five, Return uh, A New Hope to Empire Strikes Back, we have, I think, a two two year jump. Ryan Johnson started episode eight, right where seven left off. And it's like, that's not how we do Star Wars. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I was just and saying, he, then he started it off with the your mama joke. Oh, that was just terrible. I mean, that, why, that couldn't, was... why couldn't we have seen something like it opens on Octo with Luke? You know, Ray hasn't spoken to Luke, you know, um, something like, like, you know, like the samurai, the monks, or the, you know, the kung fu masters. You see that was like, oh, this guy's been sitting out in front of this gate for the last six, seven months, maybe even a year, two years, waiting for this master to acknowledge him. Why couldn't we have seen something like that? That would have been cool for mm-hmm. Ray and Luke. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine that? If we fast forwarded a, a year or six months, you know, you don't have to do two years. You don't have to do 10 years. But say we go six months into the future and, you know, Ray's been silently sitting there waiting for Skywalker to acknowledge her. How cool would that have been to see? Yeah. Instead, what we get is Luke Skywalker throwing this lightsaber off the side of of a cliff. Yeah, behind his back, just kind of over the shoulder. Um. Well, like I said, uh, well, I mean that was the first. We... That was the okay, first okay. Star Wars movie after I was done seeing it. I ever felt incredibly disappointed and went like I've never physically said after immediately after Star Wars movies that that was a bad movie. But well, me somebody and my father, asked me, I was in a group of people and they asked me, what did you think of The Last Jedi after the movie in the in the lobby? And I said, I don't know. No, me That's not father, a good answer to have. Me and my father kind of looked at each other kind of confused because we didn't know if we could say it or not. Or, like, I think we were afraid of what each other was going to say, but we were like, it kind of, like, wasn't good. And, like, you know, it was hard to say because it's yeah. Star Wars. And that's the first time in my life that's ever I've ever felt that way. I never felt that way about Phantom Menace, even though it's not that good. But it's got it's it's got it's good qualities. I, but I never felt like saying, "Oh, that wasn't good." Um, but Last Jedi, I was like, "That wasn't good." And then, and then Rise of Skywalker, and I, I, I it's a little bit of JJ's fault, but it's also him trying to fix. The ass hattery of uh, Last Jedi that Rise of Skywalker was a piece of dog shit. Like you know what I mean? And I I, I didn't see it in the theater. I didn't want to go see Star Wars in the theater. Like I mean, mainly because of the Last Jedi ruined that experience for me. I didn't want to go. I didn't. I just didn't. Want, I didn't want. I didn't want to see it, and then I finally saw it when it was on, put on um, Disney Plus. Like I literally yeah. avoided it, and then I watched it and went, "That was incredibly 
crappy and stupid. You know, JJ's, I, I mean, and I think the rise of Skywalker 2 suffered the most because of its predecessor and because at the time it came out, we were almost, I think, I want to say we were six episodes into The Mandalorian. Or we were done with The Mandalorian. I can't remember. I'd have to look and see when the last air dates for the first season of The Mandalorian were. And so that, I think yeah, that... it wasn't over yet, but we were into it. Well into it. Mandalorian first season was the last two episodes aired December 18th and December 27th. The rise of Skywalker came out. It was over by that time. I don't know. Uh, when did it come out? Release date December 20th. So we had, we still had to watch. I mean, we had seen Moff Gideon and been introduced to Moff Gideon. Yeah. Two days before the Rise of Skywalker came out. Uh, you know, chapter seven of the Mandalorian. We had seven episodes of the Mandalorian up to that point. And I think that hurt the rise of Skywalker a lot more so than the last Jedi did, because I think rise of Skywalker would have been better received because I'll say this, it was a better movie. than. The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it didn't have the throne room scene, which I'll give it to Ryan. I'll give credit where credit's due on that throne room scene in The Last Jedi. That's one of the best Star Wars fights I've seen on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I will give credit where credit is due on that. It didn't make sense. And it just forwarded this forced love connection that they wanted for these two. For Ray and Kylo Ren that I was just like, ah, stop it. Um, I don't need this. I don't, we don't need love in Star Wars. You saw where love got Scott, Anakin Skywalker and, you know, (laughs) I don't know. But I just, I think I, when we see, when Star Wars is good, it's good. Oh yeah, I mean, I think the same grace of Star the franchise. Um, I mean, besides like things like Rogue One and stuff like that, um, is the Mandalorian, and I think it showed mm-hmm. us all, especially uh, 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 us wavering on our fandom after that crappy sequel trilogy. Uh, Mandalorian gave us like hope that you know, in in reassurance that good Star Wars still exists, <laughs> like. Yeah. You know, and I just don't think Kathleen Kennedy was right for the job. And I think really JJ got that job because of Star Trek and because he did a good job of implementing a little bit of Star Wars, the action kind of excitement of Star Wars into basically a submarine bat- show that was basically submarine battles 
kind of boring, you know, and made Star Trek like really, really fun. And they're like, oh, this guy's perfect for Star Wars. And, you know, maybe I mean, he wasn't. In fairness to, to JJ, he did reinvigorate the Mission Impossible series. Mm. He did reinvigorate the, the Star Trek series for a couple movies. But I just I don't know. I kinda I'm kinda getting to the point where JJ Abrams is overrated. Oh, I, I think he I, I could think he's overrated. I mean he's not as overrated as Christopher Nolan, but he's overrated. <laughs> you love taking shots at Chris Nolan. Dude, Christopher Nolan is probably the most overrated director in Hollywood. I think people think he's a lot smarter than he really is, but that's the same thing with JJ. JJ Abrams, I think, has to be the smartest guy in the room. He's he 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 thinks he's so smart. He ends up overthinking stuff and making the wrong decisions. Mm. Um. Whereas he has no, he doesn't trust his gut. You know, a filmmaker like John Favreau, you can tell he trusts his gut. Um. And you can tell he just has fun doing what he's doing. Oh, for sure, especially in that Star Wars sandbox. And and now that Dave Filoni is officially announced as creative director for Star Wars, I think we're going to see some better stuff. Mm, I think so. Because I, I'll say this, and I'll claim this till the day I die, the last four episodes of The Clone Wars Season 7 is some of the best Star Wars we have ever seen. I uh, I will back you on that. Um, just the showdown between Ahsoka and Maul, and the the emotion of Order sixty six, and the escape of Ahsoka and Rex, and just just that final scene. It's like somebody said it. I I can't remember where I saw it. It's like Darth Vader didn't need to go. To that planet But Anakin did mm-hmm. You know it's like I just You've got to, and, and, and to shoehorn In like JJ did The worst line Probably one of the worst lines in Star Wars History somehow Palpatine Returned and it's like Oh that basically Sums up this whole series <laughs> You've you, you know Episodes one through three is the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker. And four, five, and six is the redemption of Anakin Skywalker. We don't really... Seven, eight, nine should have been the legacy of Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And we, we never got that. It mm-hmm. became about Palpatine and 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 it's like, wait, this is the Skywalker saga. This isn't the Palpatine saga. And it's like now JJ had JJ went and completely made Star Wars about Palpatine. And instead of you know, he, he tried to regulate with with trying to fix everything with episode nine by throwing in Palpatine, it's it became it became it, it, it. The meaning of Star Wars was gone. The rise, fall, redemption of Anakin Skywalker. That was Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, even that that 
recorded line of Anakin going, bring the balance to the force like I did. It's like, well, if he's still alive, technically you didn't there, ghost Anakin. <laughs> and that's where I always felt it was a slap of the face to the character Anakin that they brought mm-hmm. back Pal- Palpatine. Because then it's like, oh, now you're saying he's not the chosen one. You know what I mean? Like, right. Because you want to be woke, it's got to be this girl. And she's the one that's going to bring balance to the force and stuff. Which, and which I'll be interested to see. Because if Dave Filoni makes Omega in the Bad Batch a female clone of Jango Fett, mm-hmm. I am going to be like, I'm going to be that Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's got the cigarette and the beer and he's pointing at the TV. Because that's what I said they should have done with Ray. She should have been a female clone of Anakin Skywalker. That's what I always thought. Yeah, that's what that I mean, and that's why, you know, Luke and Leia were always like, let's hide her. Yeah. You know, it's it, you know, and they're like, oh, well, that doesn't make sense. You know what really doesn't make sense? Obi-Wan Kenobi hiding Luke Skywalker on Tatooine, the planet his father grew up on. With the same last name. <laughs> that makes no sense. But we accept it. Um, I think in time with a good story, you would have accepted. Okay, this makes so much sense. Why Han wanted to keep an eye on her in The Force Awakens. Why, you know, even even it would have retconned where um, Kylo Ren tells her, your parents were nobody. Your father was nobody because they were. She was a clone. She yeah. was from a test tube. That's what I thought they um, were trying to hint at when she was in the cave and saw the reflections of herself a billion times. Yeah. And then that's what know, I thought they were hinting at. What, you know, it would, it would have made more sense for Luke to be like, I, I'm not training you. I saw what you became. Yeah. And, you know, it. You know, it would have made so much more sense. Yeah, and, and they like, well, how no, can it, it be female? I'm like, science. Ch- we're all born. child of a Palpatine clone. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah, and you can easily be like, well, Anakin wasn't a girl. How could they do that? It's called science because we're all born female. Yes, we're, well, we're not born the... female. We're conceived. Yeah, so, you know, the the Caminoans, they easily could have just stopped that change. Yeah. And had a, fe- yeah. had a female Anakin, which, I mean, his mom had a British accent and stuff. <laughs> Everybody, most people in Star Wars have a British accent. But yeah. um, I don't know. I'm Actually, she was, I think, Swedish. The actress yeah. who played Anakin's mom. Oh, yeah. I believe she, she was Swedish. Yeah. But I mean, they still have some sort of European accent, so yeah. I so know. I mean, the, just JJ coming out and admitting that they didn't have anything, they didn't have a plan. It's just it I think it shows. Deal. I think it shows. It shows in the product. Like, did he really have to come out and say it? Not really. We all could tell. It shows. It shows in the product they put out. Well. Somebody who may not have a plan that may be just shooting out their butt. Mm-hmm. Um, it, he, we got word from, and it's Screen Rant, so you take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. 
but Sony has announced that um, No Way Home will be the kickoff to their Spider-Verse. Hmm. That they will that No Way Home will show how Venom, how Morbius, and the upcoming Craven the Hunter starring um, Aaron Taylor Johnson will all fit together with Tom Holland's Spider-Man. And oh, also, that was actually true. Yeah, that was some screen rant. A- Aaron Taylor Thomas is actually going to be Craven. That's true. Yeah. I thought that was a joke. No, that was real. Oh. And and it will also show how Toby and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man series fits into the Spider-Verse. Which yeah, they just kind of again just lied. <laughs> well, again, I should say just why have Toby and Andrew Garfield lie about not being in it if because now they just said confirmed that they are. Yeah. And but again, it is screen rant, so I don't know if what you know I don't know. It's if they're full rant. of shit. <laughs> yeah. Um clickbait. So how how do you as the big Spider Man fan feel about that, Carl? I mean, it might be really cool to see on screen, but at the same time, I, I kind of just want to see the Spider-Man story before we get into Spider-Verse. I feel like the, since the cartoon did so well and everything, they're just so quick to, like, they want to cash in on that. We got to do a live action. Right. We got to go there as soon as possible. And it's like, no. Again. Again, it's further proving the fact that it's going to be very hard for somebody to replicate Marvel. Because it's going to be very hard for somebody to replicate Kevin Feige. And I don't know. And, you know, Marvel didn't always have home runs, but they won more than they failed. That's for sure. When the game of averages, they're ahead of everyone. You know what I mean? They, you know, they got a stellar record. But uh, I just think of these other companies, and it's a shame because Sony has that dealership that deal with Disney and Feige with Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, I just don't see why they're just trying trying to rush this. Finish the cartoon series. You know, that's we're getting some Spider Verse. Then you know, I don't. I just don't see how the advantage of rushing into a Spider-Verse benefits any of the stories right now. Like, how is it going to... What is it? How does it play into the overall MCU? It it doesn't. It doesn't benefit anyone in any way. It's, It's them trying to cash in. And... You don't see Marvel doing that. That's the thing. You don't see Marvel trying to cash in on something. Marvel sits there and make and sets the tone. Um, you know, way back when, a lot of people were calling for a Black Widow movie. But Feige's like, oh, just be patient. Just be patient. And now we're finally getting one. 
um, he didn't cash in because people wanted it. He cashes in when it's part of his story that he wants to tell. Well, that and what's his face? The, the guy he was answering to, too, also kept poo-pooing it. Oh, yeah. Because I um, think if his boss wasn't poo-pooing it for so long, we would have gotten a Black Widow movie sooner. <laughs> I truly do, because his boss, I read articles, there's like saying, oh, well, female super led superhero movies don't do well. No one's wants to see a black widow movie. And like, I think, um, Feige given the chance if he went, yeah, okay, go do it. He would have came out sooner. Yeah. I truly do. <laughs> I, I just, <clears throat> sorry. I don't know. I just, I can't sometimes understand you know, it's like DC tried to cash in on the Avengers with mm. Justice League. And that's what they did. They they were trying to cash in. They rushed everything and said, we can do this too. And yeah, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And really, if they listen to the fans, I think the fans really wanted them to take their time and build up to, a, you know, their Justice League. Not just like shoot their load the first chance they get you know what i mean as soon as possible just to like be like oh see we could do it too look we got just yeah. like boom you know like i mean and i didn't i didn't like reading <coughs> you know forums articles i wasn't in like just talking to people i wasn't hearing any DC fans going like we need justice league now we have to have it now no. like you know if DC anything, fans wanted a built shared universe. Yeah, if anything, I heard Marvel. them say, like, yeah, like saying, like, I can't wait to get to a Justice League one day. You know, that's the most I've heard anybody say, like, I can't wait to get there, but not like, we have to have it now. You know, I think it's just like Warner Brothers went, like, oh, fuck, we better cash in. <clears throat> when I think if they took their time and patiently waited and built upon their universe. I mean, the Marvel first giant story arc ending with Endgame would have ended, which would have gave the Warner Brothers the chance to fill the void with, like, maybe be get it, just getting the Justice League movie now, and what a much better movie it could have been. You know, or getting working towards the sequel to justice league, you know, or something instead of, instead of rushing it. Uh, going into, uh, DC or Marvel talking, Marvel talk. Um, Eternals trailer drop, Carl, what are your thoughts? My thoughts on the eternal trailers uh, on the trailer, um, I'm not a huge cosmic fan, Marvel fan. Like my my knowledge isn't that great. I mean, I love Silver Surfer. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy, but you know, the Eternals is one of those weird cosmic things that I'm not really that into. So, but I found the trailer kind of underwhelming. Right. Um, it really didn't tell me anything, really. If I was someone that didn't know who the Eternals were, that trailer didn't really tell me much of anything, you know. Um, and someone could argue, well, like, well, 
a lot of people didn't know what the Guardians were. I was like, yeah, but those trailers told you a lot. And it yeah. takes you. Like, you know what I mean? You had I, an idea who these people were at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. This one, I'm just like, what is this? What is it? I don't know. This this is the first Marvel trailer I've seen that I'm like, I just don't care. Mm-hmm, I agree. I can see how you can have that feeling. I really don't care. Um, you know, I'm excited for Shang-Chi. I want to see a good Kung Fu movie. Yeah, that I one think looks it's gonna cool. be awesome. Um it looks you got a lot of a lot of mythology building you got going on there, which can lead to a lot more stuff. Um Loki looks fun on TV because it's you know, it's Loki. Yeah. Um I, I'm I'm waiting, I'm anticipating <sighs> Black Widow because I, I just I want to see where this fits into the new phase and how, you know, maybe it reveals something, but Eternals, I'm just like, I don't care. Ooh. I Black- do not care about this movie. I was so excited for Black Widow. And I mean, I have to admit that my, like, it's been so long and being pushed back so much because of COVID that, like, my excitement for it has dwindled significantly. Right. I mean, I do want to see it because I want to see where it fits in and I want to see what story they tell and I want to see if they killed Taskmaster off or not. Um, but my excitement, overall excitement for it has diminished greatly. Right. And they I haven't... Understand. But in, in, my, in, in my opinion, too, is I don't see... It's going to be coming out real soon. They didn't start a campaign up for it again. It's like they... Look, when it was first coming out, they pushed the movie. There's all the commercials and everything. Then COVID happened, yeah. and the toy line came out, and now it's just like dead in the water when it comes. I don't think they realize that maybe some people have forgotten that this movie's even coming out. Like you need to start your marketing campaign up again and remind people because it's out what in a few weeks. Oh, uh, I think it's in <sighs> July. I don't know. Let me see. Like a month. Yeah, they need to start their marketing campaign up again for Black Widow. Well, I mean, Widow. Cruella came out this week, and I was like, oh, that came out? Usually that would be something they would put a lot of money behind. Honestly, it came out this week, and that's the first time I've seen any trailers for it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I did know that New Jersey's opened July 9th. Up. July 9th, okay. So, like, a month and... Uh, they're gonna like Lo- they're gonna let Loki get running before they start it up. Yeah. Um. I was surprised to see the movie theater packed today because Jersey's opened up. Um. You know, depending on the business, you can if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. But it depends on the store. I've been still, even though I'm vaccinated, still wearing my mask. Um. I, yeah, I've I've been too. It's just like. You know, a lot of these employees have to wear them, so I'm going to show some support. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the movie theater was packed. I don't know what they were going to see, but it was packed. But I just think they haven't really put too much out for Black Widow and the Eternals. Like I said, it didn't tell me anything. I mean, there was some visually, like, beautiful-looking 
scenes there. Didn't tell me anything. You know? And, just, and then the, I think the joke at the end of uh, the... I guess the... The... Um, what do you call it? At the end, the little... Uh, you think it's over, and then, and then you come back. The stinger, little end stinger part with the joke about, oh, I could do Cap Shield, and then go, ah, <laughs> like, that fell flat, because I don't know who these guys are. Why are they laughing at him? Maybe he can rock Cap the American Shield. Yeah. So, I don't know. It just fell fa- flat. I mean, maybe there's, like, that hardcore Eternals fans out there going, ah, ha, 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 ha. Like, you know, they get it because they're just, like, they're into it. They lo- know everything. But me, it just was, like, Oh, yeah, very funny. Are, are there hardcore Eternals fans? I mean, Russ? I've never met one. It's because you never met one. Doesn't mean they don't exist. I've never seen a ghost. Yeah, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> I mean, there's a hardcore fans of probably anything out there. You know, there's probably a hardcore fan of pimple popping videos. You know, um, ever? no, you see the views on, on, on YouTube. Yeah, there, there are. There are yeah. Lot. Yeah. That's what I mean. I mean, there's an ass for every seat. So. <laughs> uh, well, um, I think that covers about everything that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I mean, Hot Toys showed off some more figures, didn't they? I believe so. They showed out, uh, showed off a new Miles. Not a Miles I was interested in getting, but a cool-looking figure nonetheless. Um, a Mandalorian, another Mandalorian Stormtrooper. He's our artillery, yeah. artillery, which is the first uh, Stormtrooper I've seen without a blaster. He is not, does not come with a blaster. But yeah, I, I haven't been... Most of the Hot Toys announcements, I haven't been... <sighs> dissecting as much mm-hmm. um probably because i haven't pre-ordered echo and that's my next pre-order okay that i want to put in is echo and i haven't pre-ordered that so i haven't been like paying attention to much mm. um, well you know, know we're gonna I, get honestly, a hunter yeah honestly if a hunter or a or an obi-wan clone wars comes out my they still attention haven't put that out no they haven't so weird because oh my god it's almost like it's almost the next summer. I know. And they showed him off last summer. Just well, think about how how Hot Toys handled the Endgame line, and that'll explain everything you need to know. We're still waiting on Endgame Thor and Captain America. How many years ago was that movie? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, I did. I did hear on a podcast. F. J. DeSanto. Mm-hmm. Who um, is the showrunner for the Netflix Transformer shows? Mm-hmm. Which his third show debuts in July, I believe. Mm-hmm. He said his next project for Netflix involves a computer animated fighting game show. That's all he would say. Mm-hmm. And it's set for release in 2022. Well, there's only several. Mm-hmm. He's like, a, it's a very popular one. Well, there's only two. Yeah, and I don't think it's one. 
You don't think I, it's it, one? It, it, no, I don't think it's the one we just saw a movie of. Oh, you think it's going to be Street Fighter 2? I think it's going to be Street Fighter, yeah. Yeah, they never really made a good Street Fighter cartoon, so it would be interesting seeing that. So, yeah. But, you know. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I think I know what, what where you heard it from, and I, I must have missed that part. Well, they don't, they don't, they don't pay, they don't pay us for advertising, so I'm not gonna plug their podcast. Yeah, I know, I know. They don't even know we exist. Problem. Um, but uh, oh, interesting. That's kind of cool. I don't think Street Fighter Two gets much love, like when it comes to other entertainment besides video games. Um. Hmm. I'm going to have to watch the trailer for that. Uh, what else? I, oh, that's something I watched, which I don't think you, you wouldn't have any interest in, Russ, because you don't really like anime. But um, I did watch the new Netflix Ghost in the Shell standalone complex 2045 series, which is the new Ghost in the Shell series, which utilizes 3D kind of animation and with like some cell shading. But yeah, it's the 3D animation and uh, <laughs> the story-wise, I love cyberpunk. Story-wise, it's not a bad story. It gets slow in some parts. It's very action-oriented. The um, animation improves over the course of the show, but. At the end of the episodes and the credits, they have all the character designs and animation in 2D. <clears throat> I don't know what it is with Netflix making all their anime like 3D. Yeah. Because when you first start watching it, it looks very much like an outdated cinematic from a video game. Which, I mean, maybe in the early to mid-2000s would have looked been like people were probably been like blown away. But it, it's kind of jarring. And then, like I said, the end credits has some very beautiful, awesome-looking 2D anime animation. And I'm like, why couldn't they just have done the series in that? It looks awesome. <laughs> but I love Ghost in the Shell, and I love Cyberpunk. Um, the 3D animation was a little disappointing, a little jarring, but it was still pretty good. And I hope they make another one, because... They ended this first season on a cliffhanger. So, <clears throat> you know, I, I wouldn't... The, it, the 3D animation improves, like, through the course of the series. So, but I, I recommend it. I do. I love Ghost in the Shell. If you like Ghost in the Shell, you're going to like it. Um, What else did I watch? I did watch an interesting... Of course, I don't remember the name of the documentary. <coughs> Excuse me. Off the top of my head. But it was about... <coughs> Excuse me. We had to edit that out. <coughs> I don't know about that. This is live tape, bud. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> um, about the, a reporter that was looking at the son of Sam... Um, uh, case 
and how it might not have been perpetrated by um, one person and that he might have been part of a cult that was murdering other people. And it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. And people back up the guy's theory and research and everything. And it's kind of scary to think about. But it was really good. I wish I could remember the name of it. Maybe next episode I will have re- recalled the name of it. But it's on Netflix. I'm sure you can find it if, by, if you search uh, anything else? Well, I don't have anything else. No, I really don't either. Um, a lot of toys are still hard to find. Um, haven't seen any major bloods in the wild. Uh, won't be paying an idiot sixty to seventy dollars for a major blood. I think Haver's Bros um, ex- exclusive deal with Target and poor um, shipping, just like availability, um, kind of just really ruined a, a, a line I was looking forward to for a long time. Um, was super stoked and excited about and I think they really ruined it for me to where I have no motivation motivation to really want or get these figures I mean every target I've been into doesn't have a single G.I. Joe you know you know um, I don't know they kind of just killed the line for me unfortunately I mean I'm happy that I have my snake eyes and what I have but uh, you know They kind of killed the line for me. And plus with the scalpers, you know, trying to beat them to stuff. And then every figure they're trying to sell, they want to sell for $60, $70. Like, yeah, I could do it out. You can keep that, man. And any, I really suggest anybody that really wants something that bad, don't buy from these guys. Because you know what? If you don't buy it, they're going to have to drop the price because they're going to get stuck with it. Yeah. But, People bid these things up too. Bid these things up to like ridiculous prices, <clears throat> you know. And you're giving the power to the scalpers. But uh, yeah, I, I, the line I was really looking forward to is kind of ruined for me. Unfortunately, it, I was really excited and happy about it. You know, I just don't care if I get anything else from the line. You know, if I happen to find something cool, if not, I really don't care. It, I want, it, like I said, I'll say it again a billion times, and I'll be redundant. It's just I'm not stoked about it anymore. I mean, you know? I, 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 I'm going to say this, forty. The, 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 the lack of availability and the lack of accountability upon NECA and Hasbro's part got me out of action figure collecting. I don't care about action figures. If I never see another action figure, I could care less. I've moved on. I see these people complaining about all this stuff, and I'm like, get over it. PCS has really great G.I. Joe statues, and they're readily available at your local GameStops or even on the GameStop app for a decent price. For a price that you're paying for these six-inch action figures. Um, I've got... I've got six really great statues that look better than any of those classified figures. Um, I just I just don't care about action figures anymore. Mm. I'm sorry. 
Six six action figures are dead to me. They're dead. I mean, I I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll walk down the aisle at a Target or a Walmart just to see what six six action figures they have. Maybe because I want to pick it up and sell it because it will help me buy something else I want. Yeah. Um, and I'm taking advantage of these people who are like, oh, I have to have this figure and I'll pay a hundred bucks for it. Okay, that's your problem, not mine. Yeah. I if you're think- that desperate for this, and I can. Uh, uh, benefit from it Okay Sorry I mean Obviously If it's something Carl wants I'll give it to him at cost So But <laughs> Well I appreciate it Um Yeah I don't know It's just It's funny Is like um You got out of the six inch And Into like I guess you consider more big boy collectibles and for something that really doesn't, they don't have that kind of availability of big box doors and stuff like that. And it seems to be a way easier time to get something that's a premium, premium, um, it is collectible and it's easier to get, um, something that should really be more scarce, you know, um, and something that's mass produced, but well, it's just weird. It's crazy. What? What can well, you? On that note, I think we need to sign off for the week. I we have been the Nerdicons. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Nerdicons Pod. I don't really post at all on Twitter anymore. <laughs> I've I've kind of not been keeping up with that. Um. Uh, and I will sadly admit that I've done a poor job keeping up with the Instagram. Mainly because life is busy. Life yeah. happens. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, on that note, Carl, take us home. Like Russ said, you can find us on... Uh, Twitter and uh, Nerdicons Pod on Instagram, Nerdicons Pod. <laughs> um, if you do message us, you know, I'm sure we will get back to you, even though it might seem that we are not that active on it. But we, you know, if I see that you message or you're trying to talk, I will talk back on the uh, on the Instagrams if you want to shoot us a line. Uh, you can find me at Echoes Dork Den. You could find me and my friends have a toy photography page called Miles Plastic Addicts and you can also check out the team to toy photography team I'm on called TR4K Alliance um, which is uh, Toys Are For Kids um, you can check us out over there or me and them over there um, shout out to uh, the Geek Out Show podcast uh, on network that which we are featured on, check them out. You know, such uh, great shows as uh, J. Roo Toys and Major's Picks, um, and you know, the mother podcast, The Geek Out Show. And without further ado, remember to keep your detox dust free, your figures posed dynamically, and your comics bag boarded. Till next time, peace. <laughs>